And man, I, it is such a privilege and honor to be here with you all this morning. Now, please, as, as we just, you know, hear today's message, I have to ask you a huge favor that please keep me in your prayer. You know, all the saints that are out there, please, yeah, just intercede for me that today's message will be just, you know, Christ-filled message that, you know, that not just for you guys, but even for myself as I'm preaching it. So please keep me in your prayer. Now, you know, we just watched this clip about, you know, just finding thanksgiving in God. And I really believe that with the, again, with the given reality of 2020 alone, man, it is, let's just be real. It's very difficult for us to find thanksgiving or even express this gratitude. And so I just want to encourage all of you guys that today's message, I pray and hope that it will be a message where you and I, we remember where, our, where we need to find our thanksgiving, where the root has to take place and everything. Now, the Google translates the word thanksgiving or defines thanksgiving as this, where it's an expression of gratitude, especially to God. Google defines it that way. And so, you know, that's really, uh, through today's uh, passage, yeah, we're able to discover that. Now, today's passage comes from Colossians 2, 6, 7. And, and we're going to read the passage, and then we're going to just share, uh, I'm going to talk about the context a little bit, and then we'll see where the Holy Spirit leads us today. Now, the, the text says this, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Amen. Now, the little context I want to share with you is, is you know, very short, but I think it's important for us to really establish the framework, the setting where today's scripture comes from. Now, the author was most likely was... Um, Apostle Paul, when he wrote this, and he wrote this, scholars believe he, it was written about 60 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And he wrote this when he was imprisoned in Rome. And so, again, he was not in a happy setting or a joyful setting whatsoever. He was in prison when he wrote this letter to church in Colossae. And the overarching theme of today's, this entire letter of Colossians was to, combat, to address this error that the church in Colossae was going through um, as they're doing ministry. And the errors that the church was going through are even applicable in our lives. Um, some, they were going through relativism, secular um, philosophy, and paganism. And so, again, this church of Colossae, now, Paul never physically visited. There's no account where Paul physically visited this church. But this church, again, they, they partner up with Paul through, during his missionary years. And so Paul, again, and him, him being amazing, you know, brother in Christ, he just reaching out to them and just want to encourage and remind the Christians in Colossae to persevere, to endure, and to filter out all these, you know, error messages, all these, you know, false teachings that are taking place in that church. Now, the first point that we want, I want us to go over is, where should our thanksgiving take root? That's the first point that we want to go over. And the thanksgiving must be rooted in the soil of Jesus' divine identity and our identity in him. Now, if we look at the image, it talks about how Jesus is an essential soil. So look at this image right here and look how we're the right here, us, and then Jesus Christ is the soil, and the thanksgiving is this, you know, luscious green leaf. That's, that's the, 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 the results 
of the plant's growth. Now, as we look at this image, I want to share with you that in Gospel of Matthew 13, Jesus talks about this parable. Um, I mean, he talks about, he, he gave us a lot of parables, but one of the parables talked about was the parable of sowers. Some of us might be familiar with this. And Matthew 13 is just talks about there's four different kinds of seeds that fell on four different settings, and all four of them had different results. The first seed that fell on the ground was, was along the path, and just to summarize Matthew 13, the birds came and they ate up the seeds. So those, those seeds were gone, you know, before they even had a chance to take root. The second seed that fell were on the, on the rocky plain, and unfortunately they tried to grow, they tried to root themselves in this rocky plain, but then unfortunately it didn't work out. They were scorched and withered right away. The third seed that fell, were, it was upon the thorns, and again, it tried to grow, it tried to root, root itself, but unfortunately, the thorns sucked the life out of it. However, the fourth seed, the last one, Jesus makes this point where the fourth seed fell on the good soil, and it produced crops. It fulfilled its destiny and lived its life. Now, we're going to read about... You know, we're going to go back to Colossians 2, 6 one more time, and let's just read this one more time. So it says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now, notice the word therefore. The moment you see the word therefore, and especially in Paul's letters, we have to understand that Paul is about to make this, this he's going to make this point across by affirming his previous statement. So when you see the word therefore, or in NIV it says, you know, so then, Again, Paul is about to make his point across. And, and the previous statement that I want us to look today's message is actually from Colossians 1, verse 15 to 17. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. And it says this. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, or rulers, or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Amen. Now, what is a soil? Again, the soil is Jesus Christ. And as we just read about who Christ is in Colossians 1.15, everything was made through him, in him, through him, through him, and for him. Now, notice how in Colossians 1, 16, it says, all things were made. And you and I, we're, we're part of this all things. That you and I, brothers and sisters, we are part of this all things that were made in Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. Now, we're going to put Colossians 2, 6, and Two, verse 6 and 7 together. And as we read this, let's, let's check it out. So it says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. How is it we walk with Christ? It's by being rooted and built up in him. And as we look at the image one more time, again, this, 
this is us right here, us being rooted. And we had to build upon Jesus, upon, we had to be rooted in Christ. Now, for those of us who are familiar with gardening or just familiar with this uh, process of life when it comes to plants, we have to, again, it's, the soil plays an essential part of the plant's life. Amen? I mean, the soil, it, it, it provides this nourishment, this, you know, this life. And as we look at this, without the soil, the plant does not last long. And even Matthew 13 affirms that. And NIV Study Bible, there's a commentary that says about this, where just as plants draw nourishment from the soil through their roots, so we draw our life-giving strength from Christ. I believe that today's message, I mean, the commentary says, you know, we find strength, but brothers and sisters, we find thanksgiving in our Savior when we are deeply rooted and we, are, we receive this nourishment and life through his presence. The second point I want us to go over is what kills the root of our thanksgiving? What kills it? Well, what kills the root of thanksgiving is comparison, comparison that leads us to forgetfulness. Now, there is this modern phrase where it says, you know, I think some of us are, or many of us are familiar with this, with this phrase, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. Well, I just want to modify that phrase a little bit where I want to say the grass looks much greener on the other side. And the reason why I use the word looks in that phrase is because Man, the moment we visualize, the moment we start looking around and we see the other side rather than the place that we're standing on, rather than our side, that's when we start to compare. That's when we start to forget that our side is also green too. And let me give you a personal experience. By the grace of God, man, after many years, I was able to flap my wings and finally leave my parents' nest. Man, it was God's provision and I give praise to, to all of, to, to Jesus alone, that's it. I mean, man, that's a huge testimony of God's provision. I've been dreaming about, you know, leaving my parents' place and finding my own and finally starting living this independent life. And I kid you not, the moment I moved out, there was this, you know, my, this thought came across my mind where I'm like, man, did I find the right place? Maybe some of us, you know, we're saying amen into the heart right now. But, man, I was just wondering if I find the right apartment right now. And my first two months, I kind of struggled with this a little bit here and there. And as I was praying and discerning, man, it was just, it was just a lot. And, I, and the reason why, I, as I look back, the reason why I was struggling with this was because I was constantly looking at the other side. Whenever I look at my friend's apartment or whenever I somehow saw many advertisements on Facebook to find this new place or to apply for this new place, which Facebook somehow found out that I was looking around. I mean, they were just, it was just, I was constantly looking and was being attracted by those other features. And I forgot, I forgot that the blessing and the provision that God has given me with my apartment, I just forgot about it. And I started to compare and compare, and then I've noticed that it was sucking out the life of Thanksgiving. Now, if, now we got the, the second passage that we want to look at is Galatians 2.20. And Galatians 2.20, it was written by Apostle Paul as well. And 
Paul, again, I mean, we're just going to read first and then we'll go from there. So it says this, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When Paul wrote this letter, and he was telling the Christians in Galatia to, to, again, to endure, persevere. When Paul wrote this, there's just so much genuine gratitude, so much thanksgiving pouring out from this verse. Because Paul, as some of us are familiar, Paul was not, he was Saul at one point. And, and Saul had a reputation, didn't he? Saul had a genuine reputation where, man, he killed, he arrested Christians. He was a, num- when it comes to Christian persecution during these biblical times, Saul was one of the top guys. And so Saul, I mean, so Paul, he knew his season, the life that he lived in as a Saul. And so when Paul wrote this Galatians 2.20, and, and look how it says, let me get there a little bit. So look how it says what? The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is able to pour out his gratitude. His, he is able to express his genuine thanksgiving, not because of you know, his accomplishment as Paul, no, but he remembered his identity. His genuine identity was in Christ, and he remembered at all times. He always remembered who God was for him, who Christ was for him the one that died for his sins, the one that rescued and redeemed them. And because he was so deeply rooted in Jesus' identity, because he was so deeply, deeply rooted in Christ and how his identity was just, was in the soil of Jesus, he was able to express this gratitude to God abundantly. Now, the last point that I want us to go over is how do we ensure the root of thanksgiving stays alive in your life? And the answer is to remain in him, to remain in him. Let's read John 15, verse 5 to 8 together. And it says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples." Man, that's, some, that's a lot. That's heavy. It's a heavy text that we just read. And again, Jesus was speaking to the people saying, look, you have to, as, as, your, as my follower, as Jesus' followers, you must remain in me and allow my words, my promises, and my truth to remain in you. And Jesus makes it very clear the consequences of not remaining in him or allowing his words to remain in us. And the consequence is that it would, the plant, the seed, will not sustain. That it will die out. It will wither out. In John 15 case, it says it will burn. 
because we're not going to bear any fruit. It's, there's no result of it. The common denominator, de- denominator we see from Colossians chapter 2 or, verse, or chapter 1 or even Galatians 2.20 or, or even Gospel of John that we just read, they all have this common denominator, and the common denominator is God is calling us to remain, to walk in Christ. To remain and walk in Christ. To remain in him, to walk in him. Because today's text, Colossians 2, 6, 7, or even Colossians 1, 15 to 17, Paul uses this language where Paul is earnestly asking the people to remain in Christ. Because everything was made in God, in Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. And as people of God, as his sons and daughters, we are called to remain in him. And when we do that, when we remain in him, when we walk in him, that's when thanksgiving will just naturally just overflow. That's when we'll see the growth, the outcome of our thanksgiving just naturally just blossom. Now, what are some practical ways for us to remain and to walk in him? The practical ways, again, is to just, again, to, for as people of God, as Jesus' followers, for us to believe in who he is, who he is, based on the scripture, based on our testimonies. Believe in who Christ is and who we are, once again, who we are in him. And continue to live out the gospel life. Man, I love, I love the phrase, and I just love how our church mission, our vision statement is, what, love God, love others, and live out the gospel life. And brothers and sisters, this concept of, you know, live out the gospel life, I know that, you know, this church has been saying this phrase, this statement many years, and my goodness, there's so much weight and power and, and truth that's holding on the statement, live out the gospel life. And today's text, again, Jesus makes it very clear that, you know, as he spoke through um, Apostle Paul, that we have to live out the gospel life. It is our responsibility. And it's, it's, a, way, it's a practical way for us to sustain the root of thanksgiving. It's, it's a practical way for us to, to nurture and be a responsible gardener of our seed of our faith. And adding on, by living out the gospel life, it means to bear much fruit. Fruit that will bring God's glory. Fruit that will testify that the, when the world sees us, they know that we are Jesus' followers. They know that we are Jesus' disciples. And lastly, divine fellowship, having divine fellowship with God and with our community of faith. Divine fellowship, and I shared this at the Alpha Retreat um, that we had this month. Um, It was such a glorious moment. If you haven't gone to Alpha uh, Retreat, I would highly encourage you guys to sign up. I mean, it's an amazing time. And and I actually had the privilege to do my first communion as a, as a pastor. And my gosh, that was humbling. <laughs> but during the communion time, I was just inspired and reminded that Christian faith 
is a participatory faith. What that means is our faith journey, our faith as Christians, it requires initiatives from both ends, from both parties. And party A is God, obviously. And the beauty and the mystery and the power of this, this truth is that party A, God is constantly coming after us, is constantly coming after us, constantly initiating to have this divine fellowship, this divine time, quality time with us. That's the truth. That is the truth, brothers and sisters. But as Christians that lives out this participatory faith, if party A is coming at us, then as us, party B, we have to come and respond to God with our initiations. So that when that vertical relationship, when that vertical fellowship is established, that's when you and I, we can experience this, the, the growth of Thanksgiving's root that we're able to experience the root of thanksgiving start to grow and start to really plant and just establish itself in the soil of Jesus. That when we spend time with God, when we genuinely spend time with God, and that's more than just praying before the meals. That 30-second or even 10-second prayer, that's, it's more than that. It's actually going out of our ways, grabbing this, this Bible, this word of life, putting all of our, you know, screens away. We're living in an era, the, the days of screens. So it's putting the screens away, finding our own secret place, and spending the time, the intimate, quiet time with the Lord. And sharing that with our fellow brothers and sisters in faith. And I know that with COVID, it is very difficult, isn't it? It is very challenging for us to really live out that fellowship with the horizontal fellowship. But man, praise God that we have technology where we can still meet virtually. And I know that it is not the same. And I want to affirm how difficult that is, that Zoom fatigue is real and everything. But church, we have, in a way, we have to be diligent, and God knows the challenges and everything, but we have to be faithful, and we have to do our part. And so I pray and hope that today's message it was a humbling reminder for all of us that, again, as Thanksgiving is four days away, man, can you believe that Thanksgiving is four days away? That's I'm just so processing that right now as I'm standing here. <laughs> that Thanksgiving is four days away. I, I know that some of us have, we are going through some major downs, maybe few ups. Some of us are going through some legitimate storms in our lives. Some of us are having a grateful time. I mean, praise God for that. But whatever the seasons that you're going through, Ups and downs, highs and lows. God gives us an opportunity for us to root our thanksgiving in him. For us to plant and for us to nourish, for us to be diligent gardener of our faith. So let's pray. God, it's... We sometimes forget, Lord, we sometimes forget to 
Or we sometimes forget the most simple and most fundamental truth about our faith, Lord, is to love you, is to love others, and is to live out the gospel life, God. We, we sometimes forget the meaning, the weight that, that, that holds these statements. But God, right now in this very moment, Lord, in our respective locations, God, I just want to encourage, I just want to ask for your presence to pour out upon our hearts right now and remind us, oh Lord, that you are the God who created everything, that everything is under you, that you are sovereign over everything. Even though that may not make sense for all of us, but God, we testify, we proclaim Jesus that we find beauty in that, that we find reverence in that. So Lord, be with us and guide us today, Lord. Help us to to express our gratitude. Help us to find our thanksgiving, not in the things of this world, not in the things of our success or whatever the list goes on, but that we will find thanksgiving in you, Jesus, of who you are and who we are in you as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. As sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Oh God, remind us and we pray for just fresh revelation of what that means to be your sons, to be your daughters. God, we pray for, again, just, just fresh revelation of what that means today. And, and we'll be in awe, and we'll be in, yeah, we'll just be blown away by that statement, Lord. So God, help us remain in you. Help us walk in you today forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.